Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Thank you. Um, I'm honored to be here with you. It's always uh, more so now than ever. Um, you know that. There are many places. In D.C., there, there are no church services right now. Um, the Only 10 people can meet in D.C. for meetings other than whatever protesters or whatever they're doing. But at any, any rate, for church, so... We have not had a church service in D.C. Uh, for six months. And the only services we have been able to have have been uh, thanks to you all. We have, uh, our folks have traveled about uh, two hours on one Sunday a month to have a service at 3 o'clock, which this Sunday we will have a 3 o'clock service. I said thank you to Pastor for offering us the opportunity and and I do thank the people of Lex of uh, uh, Living Hope, D.C. for the sacrifice that they make to drive the distance to be here. There are various reasons why some may not be able to be, but we're thankful for those that have. And I think Paul's writings uh, to Timothy are very appropriate for the hour that we're living in where he says, know this also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. I, I thought I knew what perilous was until I arrived at 2020. <laughs> our theme for our uh, planning for this year, a year ago, we had shirts made and banners made, and it was giving it our all. Well, we're almost there. <laughs> but um, I want to say thank you again for the opportunity to be here. I don't take it grant for granted. If there's ever been a time in my life that I truly appreciate being together with God's people and in his presence, it's, it's now. It's now. It puts a catch in my throat to think that we are here in his presence, that he fulfills his word every time we come together. He said where two or three are come together in his name, he is in our midst, and he is here right now. If you can just take even a few moments and think of that, that he is here. He is near you right now not very far from any one of us, a breath away, uh, just the mention of his name, and he draws near. And uh, I think um, I can't, you know, sometimes at home, because our services most of the time are on, uh, on are virtual. Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't sure what that word was before, but I've sure learned it in the last six months. 
and and I'm even grateful for that. I I really am. I'm thankful that at least, you know, in my lifetime, you know, uh, I remember when there was no internet. Uh, I remember when there were no cell phones. There were phone booths. Hello, anybody remember the phone booth? Poor Superman. <laughs> He got no place to change clothes now. <laughs> so I'm, I want to start, um, I, and I will do my best because I know we are traveling tonight, but kind of as a, maybe an a introduction to what I want to say about a few months, a few weeks ago, I was on the phone with a friend of mine who pastors a church in another part of the country. And we were discussing somewhat what happens to people who have, say, grown accustomed to being around the church. That maybe, like not long ago, I met a, a young college girl who, a uh, wonderful young lady, um, her family came and uh, because they're leaving her here at a school and I met her grandfather and her father, and she is seventh generation Pentecost. And, um, uh, but I'm going to tell you, I am coming to a conclusion. I want to say this. I, I'm not sure it's a proper way to say it, but I'm still going to say it. And that is that I think in God's eyes, there are no second generations or third generations or fourth generations, you don't inherit. You do not inherit a relationship with God. You must be born again. So therefore, every one of us, regardless of how long our families have been around a Pentecostal church, every one of us must be born again. Therefore, we are first generation. And uh, you do not learn Things by assimilation. Uh, and, and when I say that, like, you, you, you have great teaching here, and it shows. Uh, you have great preaching here. It's evident that you do. But um, even in a, a, a great church like this, there are people who, um, who you know, because they grew up ar around it, so to speak, they and and this is all across the land. This is a, a this is not something new, but we sometimes think we learn the ways of Jesus Christ by just coming to church, and um, so I'm going to start with a, a scripture. I didn't give him my text of Matthew 20 verses three through six, um, and. Um, We'll, we'll read that. I think, will they put that on the screen? Is it? Yeah, here we go. He went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And um, 
I'm going to kind of use this as an introduction. I think in order for us, this conversation I had with my friend was really about uh, how do we inspire or motivate or move uh, people? I mean, don't you think that probably ought to be a conversation that pastors have? How can we do this better so that all of the people of God, all of the people that come to church can fulfill the purpose for which they are called? Now, there's some things you have to establish, like everyone in the body of Christ is given a purpose. Matter of fact, I think it's in Luke 19.10 that he said for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost, right? Yeah, that's right. And he came, every one of us, when you're born again, life changes for you. If life didn't change for you, you probably wasn't born again. But life changes for us. And I can tell you I can only relate maybe to my experience, but my life drastically changed. And because it drastically changed, I became intensely aware that I was going the opposite direction, literally the opposite direction of the way I had been traveling before. And as a result, I think, and and this is not just my words, Barna Institute verifies this as well as most pastors, if they just take a little time and look around, they'll notice this, that new converts are usually the best soul winners in the church. Now, I'm not, when I say that, I, you know, there would have been a time where I really would have probably been very critical of that, but I'm going to give you some reasons why I think that it's like the, the church is the body of Christ. And Paul tried to give us an understanding of that when he talked about the difference between, say, the eye and the foot, you know. You can't, the, the foot can't say, I don't need that eye, you know. So we find that really God's plan is that we would all work together to accomplish the purpose of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that was a, that, for those of you that know me, that's kind of a revelation, Uh Hello, <laughs> like uh, it's really God is fitly framing us together so that we will accomplish his purpose. Now, I read these scriptures from Matthew actually before I before I talked to us about, say, the profile of a soul winner. I want to lay some groundwork for it. And if you'll notice the third uh, hour and, and I, some of this is kind of uh, like a metaphor, but I'm still going to use it, okay? You'll find Pentecost happened at the third hour. So maybe this was the reference that Jesus was making. At the third hour, third hour, he found those. And then the sixth hour, if you read in John chapter 4, it's where Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, and that was the beginning of the Samaritan revival. And I want to start with, I want to say this. Sometimes we don't understand that even soul winning really is about a process or a journey. That 
when you witness to someone, if you're looking for immediate results, you are going to be easily discouraged. If, if you think that some, sometimes you're not even going to see any results at all. You will teach a Bible study. How many Bible studies have I taught, got to lesson four or five, and they didn't want it anymore? And I thought it was, had been unfruitful. But I want you to know, any word of God that's planted in a soul will never be unfruitful. Never, never. It will work, right? Like the song they recently sing, uh, he's working even when you can't see it, right? That's probably not how the song says it, but you got the idea, right? That you can't see it, but he's working in their soul. They're, they're falling asleep at night with tears running down their face, but they're not going to tell you that. They have, uh, I mean, they have things going on. They have guilt and shame and things that harden their hearts, and it takes the Word of God. Uh, I, I think there's verses found in the Old Testament that talks about uh, uh, Sowing the seed and, and, and having confidence that whatever you sow, there's going to be a harvest. The Word of God is the very seed of God. It will produce a harvest. I'm going to tell you, number one, you must have confidence if you're going to be a soul winner. You, you, you cannot walk up to someone and say, I know you don't want what I have. You, you've got, and your confidence is not in you, your confidence is in him. And really, if we really all could get the big revelation, we would see it's the word of God. It's the word of God uh, that saves you. He says, receive with meekness the engrafted word whereby you might be saved. That's what saves us is the word of God working in us. So we're planting the seed. The sixth hour was the Samaritans. The ninth hour, you'll find this in the scriptures where Peter was praying about the ninth hour. is about the Gentiles, the door being opened to the Gentiles. And then the eleventh hour. Now, I just got a feeling that's us. Hello? It's about the eleventh hour now. Actually, it's probably about 11.55. Hello, maybe 11.59. You follow me? It's, it's, now, we're not, we're not the people of the 11th hour. We're the people of the last minute. And, and I do truly believe this. I mean, I, I, maybe it's my imagination, but I think when we, when we, when the church of 2020 walks down that street of gold and they come across the Apostle Paul... And he's going to say, you came out of 2020? Now, you can look back at what all they went through. Uh, you know, they were crucified. They were beheaded. They went through much uh, martyrdom. And they hit, had to hide in dens and caves and catacombs. But they are going to look at the uh, 2020 the 11th hour, folks that come out of that hour, they're going to say, really? Tell us about 2020. We're going to go sit down. We're going to be here a while, right? 
because we are certainly faced with challenges that we never thought we would be facing. I mean, it's unreal, whether, however you want to look at this. The, see, we have an insight in Pentecost that most of the world doesn't have, and that there is a real spirit world out there. And we are engaged in a spiritual battle that you can find it in Revelation chapter 12. That there's a great spiritual war going on. And the war is all about souls. It's all about souls. It's not about, uh, when I say this, I'm not, I'm just kind of going out there a little bit. But it's not about your job. It's not about your house or your car. It's not about your retirement. It's not, it's about souls. And the battle for your faith, because together, together, I, I'm gonna, I, wanna, I want you to mark this. See, the church creates an environment. An environment, I mean, every church does. Now, some maybe, I, 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 it's not just positive, it's faith. It's like, we create an environment, you know, with all that's going on with the kids. My uh, daughter has three little boys, and so it's school. And guess what? School ain't happening. And them little boys, them little boys are not sitting in front of a screen. Hello, unless there's a game on it. <laughs> but but so they decided they're homeschooling. My wife is teaching uh, uh, the littlest one. And Jody is teaching the other two. And fortunately, we have a fairly uh, large house. And so they have created classrooms for these boys. And I walked in the other day and I looked. Of course, Jody had 11 years experience of teaching. So she created a, a classroom. And I walked in there and it just hit me. They have created a learning environment. And I watch it. Like my wife, she's got all these signs and all these games and all right and it's she has created an environment a learning environment i'm sorry the screen is not a learning environment it's it it i just can't imagine but anyway so i thought spiritually it just hit me that's what the church is that's what we're doing we are creating an environment where souls can be saved we are creating, not only are we doing that, we are creating an environment for people to become the best they can become. If, if, like, together we can win some souls. Now, you may have a special gifting, talents, abilities, skills that enable you to, uh, uh, you know, you, you've heard somebody say they, they never meet a stranger. Well, that's kind of like me, right? I just have to admit it. I can go anywhere, but just just put me in the middle of people and give me an opportunity to have a conversation with them. And 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 so I'm going to I there's just let me make sure I got. See, the Bible says, see a soul winner of uh, someone who there's another term that can be used for it. it's called he that catcheth souls is wise. It's like a hunter. You can look this up. It's like a hunter. We are in the hunt for souls. And that it has to be an environment that we feel that in. That when we walk out of here tonight, someone 
maybe not everyone, but someone will be charged in their spirit that this week they may wake up tomorrow morning and God say, I want you to stop there for coffee. And in your heart, you think, well, I don't generally stop there. Just obey the Spirit and stop there because God may have someone cross your path that you're going to have the opportunity. But you see, it has to be built. It's a spirit. It's got to get, and I think it starts with this. It starts with the way you think. All right, so that's, I'm making this emphasis. It starts with the way you think. You've got to think that God can use you. You, you've got to think that your words can be powerful, that you can affect somebody's life. Last week, my wife and I, we, uh, in our neighborhood, uh, we went for a walk. And uh, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a large neighborhood. And we have met some, several folks. It's, it's kind of interesting how they already know about us. And uh, they will ask us, how's your parish? I said, oh, the parish is fine. <laughs> it, all right. But, I, but the thing I know, in every case when we have met some folks, and some of these folks, you know, they're affluent. They've got uh, life together. But, uh, but, you know, 2020 is crazy. 2020 is sh- just shaking everybody's world. And this lady says to me, uh, the first instance the first lady uh, says to us uh, how's your parish and of course you know if you understand see that you've got to learn all right there are certain religious groups you know Pentecostals don't call them a parish we're going to church all right but there are groups I think Episcopalians Lutherans they refer to us as a parish we went to parish tonight oh, you hello you know what I'm saying right All right. So when the lady, I knew right away that she, and so I said, well, you know, we're doing everything virtual. And she said, you know what? We tried to have our parish tried to have one service and it was a disaster. And so we have, we're not meeting at all. We're not meeting at all. And I, I, she said, could, could I join your parish? I said, by all means. She said, because we're online, right. right? So she got our, uh, whatever they call that, you know, it's not an email, Facebook Live, right? And, and, and w- she said, uh, you're Pentecostal, uh, uh, you know? And I said, yeah. She said, well, I don't care. She said, I'm just desperate. She said, we just talked a little bit. Now, listen, listen, you, you make choices on what you talk about. Now, and usually, I mean, this is Bible, right? There are principles involved in, it, uh, in that, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, you can talk about politics. Where I'm at, everybody does. You can talk about all the violence. Or you could talk about hurricanes or volcanoes or wildfires Hello? You right? But you know what? It and and when I say this, I, I now you may think, well, I'll just jump right out there and tell them about Jesus. Hold on, slow down a little bit. All right? Have a conversation. 
and wait for the opportunity. You, hello? Are, are you all with me? Now, I'm talking about the profile of a soul winner now. All right? The environment is people are starving to death. People are scared to death. Hello? I don't mean just COVID. They're afraid to go out of their houses. They're afraid to go to work. They're every, everything around us is about fear. But you and I, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. We have a blessed hope. Now, even for us, though, if we want to feed ourselves all the stuff that's going on, hello? If you want to just watch social media, hello, you could get scared to death like everybody else. But I'm telling you, if you will feed yourself on Jesus, the spirit of Jesus is positive. Now, it's faith-filled. And people will feel it, right? So that lady, she's been coming online to watch us. And I told her, I said, now, listen, we're not Episcopalian. And, <laughs> hello? I'm not mellow. When, when I preach, I sometimes say some very strong things. Because preaching addresses three spiritual areas. Preaching addresses the spirit world of darkness it addresses the spirit world of angels, and it addresses the human spirit. And so you should and hope and pray that the preacher who preaches in this church preaches with authority. We're not here to ask opinions. We are here to preach, thus saith the word of God. Because the only thing the spirit of darkness understands is spiritual authority. The Word of God is what we stand on. Now, that's, that's important in soul winning because it gets in your spirit. I'll give you another example. So the next week, my wife and I, we were walking, and there's a little lady that we had met some time back. Uh, her name is Daniela, and she called us over. And uh, again, she kind of asked us about how we're doing, how's the family doing, and we talked about her and her husband and their home and, you know, hello, I'm really trying to teach you right now, you know, uh, you don't have to jump right in and say, hey, you got Jesus? Like, hello, that just, it pushes people away. That's what they think that Christians do. They've been told, hello, who knows what they've been told, <laughs> but I'm saying, go slow. Look to be, let your conversation be with the end in mind. That I'm going to eventually have the opportunity somehow, some way to present to this person salvation. And I don't mean an axe and 238s. Hello? All right? I mean, they're going to have to be touched by the Spirit of God. No man comes except the Spirit draws him. So I guess I just thought, first of all, you've got to realize that what you think about is going to affect what you say. And, you know, I know, listen, new converts are crazy. They will tear a church up. 
No, I know. I'm, I mean, that's a good thing. It will rock you out of your current world, right? But at the same time, new converts need to learn how to talk. Hello? Jesus changed the way I talk, I promise you. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. <laughs> and then it's taken years of training by the Spirit to learn that there's a proverb that says something like this, right? Words fitly, right, are like apples, what? Silver, am I right? And pitchers of gold, that, that means they're pretty priceless. The right word at the right time. Now, that's really what, I, that's a very important thing to be a soul winner is, is the right word. You got 66 books. I don't know how many words are in that book. There's a lot of words. Hello? But the right word at the right time can make all the difference in somebody's life. So this little lady we, the second lady we met named Daniela, uh, the first lady, her name is Sarah. Pray for Sarah. And uh, my, you know what she, she said? I feel something from you. Well, you know, sometimes we don't realize. We're just like, we're just praying to God we're still saved. Jesus said, but I am with you always, even when you think you're lost. He's still with you. Now, that's important. You've got to be aware of that because the soul winner is conscious of, of, you know, it's not just a drive. It's a kindness. There's a, an old song they used to sing. Uh, uh, that's the other thing. My, the songs they used to sing about soul winning. You, you see, creating an environment, creating in your own life uh, an environment. Uh, my, just so, so many things. Scriptures you memorize. Uh, um, conversations you have. They can create an environment so that you can be effective. Well, so the second lady we met, we, we talked to her about her, her husband, his job. We talked about uh, their beautiful uh, yard that they have worked on. And, uh, and then... Um, she said, uh, I, I'm not even sure how she opened it, but, you know, give me an inch. She opened a little bit, and I said, hey, you know what? We have a small group meeting at our house tonight. She said, what's that? I said, well, we, we now, right now, we kind of do it two ways. We do it virtual, where we have a group, a small group of people who come online through Zoom, and, and then we have about five of us who meet in our living room, and the lesson comes across virtually, and we interact with one another, we pray for one another, we talk about Jesus. She said, can I come? I said, we have one tonight at 530. She said, I'll be there. Now, she told us in our first conversation, she was from Romania, and she said that when she was like a little girl growing up there, it was if people were caught with the Bible, they could have been killed. 
they, they were, there were some that were. That some, some you know, young folks don't remember the days, they call it behind the Iron Curtain, where Bibles were forbidden. All these folks that think communism and socialism is a great idea, they, they just don't know the history and don't appreciate and understand the freedoms we have. Just a simple freedom, like how many Bibles you got in your home? How many, do you read your Bible and nobody, you could take your Bible down to Starbucks and read it. Hello? Now they might look at you funny, but they can't stop you because we have that freedom, right? And that lady came and she started weeping. My, we had, uh, I felt God, you know, right there in the living room with about five of us. And about five more on Zoom, you know. Oh, it was wonderful. We have even taken time now to put a curriculum team together that we are designing our small group lessons for the purpose of reaching the lost. And, and so not only that, I'm not doing the presenting. I'm using people within the church. We had one of the girls who... Uh, her family, before she got saved, her family was all Buddhist. The other girl, they're both from Sri Lanka, and they presented the first lesson. I'm telling you, it was wonderful. And the girl, one of the girls took it to work and showed it to people at her work and now got a Bible study with people from her job. You know, there's just, you're going to have to be creative. Jesus knew 2020 was going to happen. He didn't take away our responsibility because 2020 is here. So we've got to pray like for a God idea. What is a God idea that Living Hope Maryland, maybe it's the entire body comes with, up with a, a, a God idea that causes this, this assembly of believers to be used by the Holy Spirit to affect the entire county. A God moment can happen. And in one moment, this church can be a tool. Everybody working together, fitly placed together to bring about the greatest harvest. What we prayed about for all these years. So the profile of a soul winner starts with, with how he thinks. How he thinks. And you need, to, you need to know this. It's like when you go into the restaurant. If, of course, maybe at this time. Anyway, you, you know, it's everything. The whole game has changed. But at any rate, wherever you go, there are people. Whether it's Walmart, because I know they're still there. And you, or, or Target, they're still there. Hello? Right? But we need God to give us a God consciousness that you're not just anybody. You're the 11th hour, chosen by God. God chose you. He didn't choose Paul for 2020. He chose Levetta for 2020. He chose you. Figure that. Us. My Lord. You know what I mean? If I was God, I might have said, Paul, I'm saving you for last. But he didn't. He said, I'm going to turn that other guy loose in 2020. Right? But it has to be. A thinking that we have been chosen by God. That's a thought that affects the way you, everything you do. If you realize, if you really believe you have been chosen by God for 2020, 
You're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. You're going to worship different. This is my hour. This is what I got. God, I didn't choose myself. He chose me. And, um, and so it, the thinking, you understand, like it's not just like uh, it, some of it can be memorized in Scripture. You need to read your Bible every day because, you see, there's a spirit to the word. It may not be, uh, you may be starting over and read through Genesis and say, well, I don't know where I'm going to get something there about. So it's not, it's not just that particular word. It's not the rhema. It's the logos. There is a spirit of that word that will get in your spirit. It's the same spirit that was in Jesus Christ. You want to talk about a soul winner. Jesus was the greatest example of a soul winner. You know, things like this. And this is the way you got to think. Like uh, the disciples were with Jesus one day. And uh, all of a sudden, Jesus said, hey, um, we must needs go through Samaria. Right? You guys go get lunch. He sent thir- 12 guys to get lunch for 13 people. Is it, because he knew one of them go open their mouth. You know, one of them going to say the wrong thing. So I'll send you guys to get lunch so I can go have this conversation with this woman that's really in trouble. But what you don't know is she is going to be the catalyst for the whole Samaritan revival. When you read about it further on in the book of Acts, just know it started with a woman at a well meeting Jesus. A woman with a bad reputation, but Jesus had took time out to talk to this woman. And when you read it, she said, he told me everything. But when you read the story, it don't seem like he told her everything. He just talked to her, maybe a little positive conversation. I got better things for you. Your life can get better. And something happened. It's kind of like when Jesus walked on the road to Emmaus. And they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? That woman began to feel something. Well, you know that little Romanian lady? When she got home the next day, she texts my wife because they exchanged phone numbers right now today. She was at our house with my wife for a Bible study. But last, she texts my wife and said, Linda, I just wanted to tell you, when I sat next to you, I felt him. Son, we, we ought to walk into restaurants and go, have some of that. But, but you have to have confidence to do that. You have to know, when you walk by, you thought they was looking at you because you was all that. Nah. They felt something when Jesus passed by. How about this? One day there was this little guy. He had short man syndrome, right? Yes, he did. And he was a tax collector on top of that. Worked for the IRS. Bad news, right? But Jesus, Jesus became the focus it became an obsession with that man. I've got to see him. I heard about him, but I've got to see him. See, we don't think people are thinking like that. You've got to know the whole world is really seeking Jesus. But you've got to believe it. If you think they're not, then you live your life like they're not. So, right, Zacchaeus, he climbed a tree. Just so he could see Jesus. 
He wasn't planning on what was going to happen. Jesus is passing by. Jesus stops. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down here. I want to go over to your house for lunch, right? I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing, but you, we know that's what he did. Listen, it changed. Repentance took place in Zacchaeus' life. It doesn't say he was told anything about, you know, what was to come and all the promises and the great things of God. Just to be in the presence of Jesus made the difference in his life. It brought him to repentance. See, sometimes we think we got to tell them everything. Oh, just get close to them. Let Jesus rub off on them. Watch what Jesus can do when they feel his spirit. You know, sometimes I think we've made it hard for people to come to Jesus. They say, I like Jesus. It's you I got the problem with. Oh, how about the guy? It was, he didn't know this. This man didn't know this. But it was going to be the last time that Jesus walked down that Jericho road. It was his last trip. He was going to go be crucified. But the blind man sitting on the side of the road, he didn't know that. But he had heard. He had heard my, he, he worked on a job with people who told him, oh, man, I was sick. Didn't Jesus touch me? And he healed me. I, he put my family back together. You follow me? Jesus is working where you don't know he's working. He's working with people that you work next to. And Bartimaeus said, he, the scripture said, he cried out, Thou son of David, have mercy. What, what happened? Jesus was just passing by. The profile of a soul winner. Listen. He becomes sensitive. You've got to become sensitive to the presence of Jesus. You've got to know he didn't lie to you when he said, I will be with you always. I'm going to be with you. You can count on You can take it to the bank. It's a promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you, he said. He's living in you. And then it's got to go like from this, this process. It's got to go from your head to your heart. It's got to get in your heart, the heart of a soul winner. You'll look sometimes at people. The other day, I was someplace. I know I took my wife and we went to eat, and I saw this couple come in. Whew, whew, they was rough looking. Hello? We chuckle. But you know what? Inside of me, when I saw them, something happened. We're going to say, Jesus, what's happened in their life that's brought them to this place? What, has, what have they gone through? What have, see, see, that's the heart. That, that's not my heart. You understand, that's the heart of God. That's how Jesus thinks. He doesn't think, hello, scumbags. <laughs> hello? <laughs> how do you understand that? He, it doesn't matter whether they climb off a chopper. Hello? Right, Bruce? It doesn't matter how big a sinner. You know, the truth is sometimes I think, I used to think I knew bad sinners and then I met some. Hello? And what I know is I don't want to brag about my sin no more. 
I don't care what I was. I'm going to say like Paul of sinners, I was chief. I was just a long way from God. And I'm convinced of this. If God can save me, he can save anybody. And I'm going to tell you something. You must become convinced of it in order to be a soul winner. You know, it's like sometimes we'll say things, and we mean well, but we'll say things like, come and experience. No, 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 no. Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you need an experience, but you need more than an experience. You, you know what I mean? It's like he's got to get in your pores. He's got to get in your heart. And you got to feel like you ever read some, like the book of Jude. Anybody ever read the book of Jude? Son, that guy could write some descriptive words. Ungodly sinners committing their ungodly sins. And I think in that one verse four times he says ungodly. I think he was making a point. But he didn't stop there. He went on. He talked about reaching into the very fire and pulling folks out of the fire. Am I right? Anybody else read that? You, you understand that th this is it. It's 11.59 and a half. I, I was going to read to you this today. I wrote this down. I looked it up. All right. Did you know this year, this year already there have been 102,352,977 births. Now, that was, at, that was at 527 today. And there have been 42 million 970,273 deaths this year. Again, that's at 527. It, it's more than that now. About every second, two are being born and one is dying. Two are being born, one is dying. Did you know at the turn of the 19, in 1900, there were 2.2 billion people on planet Earth? Do you know here it is, 2020? Do you know there are more than 7.5 billion people on planet Earth? Listen, that's why somehow, if I could somehow persuade you, if Jesus can somehow get the message through to us that because more are dying, more are dying than we're witnessing to, surely you would agree with me that most of those 42 million that died, died without Jesus. And so I believe, not, it's not just what I believe. I read it in the scripture. It's the 11th hour. And he came and said, why, why are you standing here? No man's told us. Well, hello, we're changing that picture tonight. Jesus is telling you, look, what do you have to do? Be kind. Say a kind word. Start, make it a process. How many of you go to the bank? Well, maybe not so much today. <laughs> Hello, everything's changed. How many, how many of you go to Walmart? Target? Hello, somewhere. Grocery store. Anybody go to the grocery store? Gas station? Listen, go out of your way. To go back to the same teller or the same cashier that you went through and look for them and get in their line. I don't care how long it is. Get in their line. and wait. Hey, I'm back to see you again. 
you know, you, you, you've got to, you understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't leave it to chance. On purpose, pass your way because you're bringing the presence of Jesus through their, through their line. Hey, here come Jesus and I. We're out to get you. And, and, and the words of a soul winner should be positive. They are. They, let me just say this. They're not just should be. They have to be. You, you can't let yourself. And now I'm going to tell you, even in this hour, this, this has really brought out some negative stuff in all of us. Maybe, maybe God's cleaning house. But, 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 but I really believe that for us, we must. We must be able to say to people, well, things are going pretty good. Right? And they go, what world are you living in? You know, I have a pastor friend I talked to the other day. He told me he lives out in uh, Seattle. No, no, Oregon. He said those fires, he was fighting them on his property. Did you know a whole city burned down? You know, I got it pretty good. Hello? Hello? I got it pretty good. I didn't have to fight no fire. And then you may have read about this somewhere, but did you know because they have burned so many acres of woods that wildcats are coming down into neighborhoods and looking for people they can attack? You know, I thank God. I've got a lot to be thankful for. You know, and, and, and so you've got you got to let it get in your heart, in your spirit. I'm thankful. you got to be thankful. That's not just a performance we do one day a year. It's got to be in our spirit. Man, I'm so thankful. If you knew where I was and where he brought me to, whoo, I'm telling you, he's been good to me. And then I think about, like, the car I drive and the wife I got. Whoo, son, I hope she's watching. Said. <laughs> So much to be thankful for, though. I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but so I've tried to talk to you about how you think. The first profile of a soul winner is you got to think, you know. I, I don't think the way I did before. I, he's changed the way I think, right? And then my heart. He's got to be able to get in your heart. you got to be able to feel what people feel. When you see them in their, uh, in their lost condition, without God, it's got to move our hearts. And then our words, what you say, practice. And if you can't smile, get in front of a mirror and practice. Yes. Smiles. Did you know, even the world knows that. I was... Uh, uh, somewhere the other day and walking down this hallway of a business and I saw a sign on the wall that said, a smile will always make people feel better. Yeah. No. See? It didn't even say you had to have the right doctrine. 
It didn't even even say you had to be baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the Holy Ghost. Just smile. So I'm going to stop here. But even though these things, I just tell you, like, get around people. We are not meant. The church is not. You will not function as the body of Christ being isolated from the people. I know you're watching. Hello? But I'm telling you, don't you think the enemy knows that? Don't you think the enemy knows exactly what he's doing? Trying to keep us locked up and away from people? Just once in a while, peel that mask down and smile. Put it back up. But <laughs> Say kind words. And let me tell you what will happen. You'll meet Daniela's. You'll meet Sarah's. You'll meet people who will, after a bit, they'll say, um, would, they'll say to me, I promise you, I'm not just making this stuff up. I've had it happen. I don't even know them. I'm sitting on the train next to them. Now, I speak in tongues a little bit when I sit next to them, but they don't know because they're from all over the world. They think I'm speaking some other language, which I am. But I promise you there have been times they would say, before you leave, would you pray for me? I never met him before. It's not about me. It's about the one living in me. It's not about you. It's the one living in you. And he's saying, go, go, go into all the world. Amen. Thank you, son. Thank you all for the opportunity to be here with you. God bless you. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you.